Welcome, everybody, to episode 12 of the Potentiation Podcast. I'm your host, Fran Kalinsky, and I'm super excited. First of all, thank you for listening. Second of all, I'm super excited about this 12th episode, and I'll tell you why. I got to, do, I got to record it in person, which you know, I've done a little bit so far, but I haven't done much of it. It's mostly been Zoom calls, so anytime I get to do it in person, it's fun because the person's right there with you. You can feel their energy, and it, it just makes the podcast that much more fun. It was also fun because these guys are two of my best friends, um, and it's just fun to chat with them when the mic is turned off as well, so the conversation just flowed really naturally. But the focal point of today's podcast was my roommate, Kevin Takyung Sun, who is a personal trainer at Equinox. He's also a biomechanical engineer. Uh, He has his bachelor's degree from City College, and those two things kind of intertwine pretty interestingly when we discuss what his focus on his training model is and how it focuses around skateboarding, which is a realm that's kind of been untouched by personal training and coaching and weightlifting and all of that stuff. So he's trying to hone in on this really advanced training model for skaters to get them to perform better. And skating is already really exciting when you think about it, just all the crazy tricks that some guys can do with a two by four. So imagine what they could do, Kevin's theory is, if they could lift better and train better and had stronger joints and stronger muscles, right? There may be, I was going to say there probably, but there may be a few less injuries here and there if it's some of these guys learn to get a better hold of their biomechanics. That's what Kev is trying to argue, and we talk a little bit about that. Luch joins in, and we just had a good time. You know, we recorded at the old apartment, and it was a blast. So I hope you guys have as much fun listening to this podcast as we had recording it. This is episode 12 of the Potentiation Podcast. Enjoy, guys. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to episode 12 of the Potentiation Podcast. We're on a roll here. Going to have uh, looking at about three episodes released in the past week. By this point, by the time this hits iTunes, today... Uh, my guests are two of my friends. One is a returner, and then yes. one is a totally new guest. He'll be the ninth fitness expert I have here on the podcast, and it's my first three-way podcast. Kinky, that sounds kinky. Uh, this is my first like <laughs> trifecta, my first uh, three-person podcast. I like that my 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 guests today are Kevin Sun, my roommate and Luciano Lucky Reyes. What's up, guys? Yo. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having us. Yeah, we we should have done this a while ago, and we just we just are now are getting around to it. Um, Luch, obviously, you've been on the podcast before, and, and this is sort of kind of evolving into a fitness podcast, but not really, more just like a general wellness podcast at this point, uh, hence why I've had so many trainers on. Uh, but Kev is a little bit different of a trainer in that he at, does not follow you know traditional strength methods. He actually trains strength for skateboarding, which is something that he recently got into. So what what, what led you to that uh, era or, or that era that that area of training? Like what where did you get that idea? So I started off skateboarding when I was really young. I got my first board at Walmart, this dinky $50 board. Yeah, uh, yep. And I skated for about a year, and I hurt my ankle real bad, so I quit. And it's been about a 12-year drought, 
since I've picked up a skateboard and I recently reacquainted myself with it about six months ago. Um, and it's something that I decided to start doing again to prove to myself that I can recover from the car crash and do the things that I love doing. Right. And I think, you know, a lot of people, uh, it, it's interesting how you stumbled upon it. A lot of people will, will get into an accident maybe, or, or maybe they just get hurt or their doctor tells them something and they totally have to, you know, change their routine, right? Like they need to start going to the gym. They need to start walking more, doing more things. What, what was it immediately training wise that you did to like modify your training routine? Having already been somebody who was active, you know, you didn't necessarily need to get in shape to fix what you what happened, but you needed to adjust mm. your body in a sense. So how did you make those yeah. adjustments? Yeah, I needed to diversify a little bit. I started to look at the demands of my life, especially skateboarding. Right. And I started modeling a lot of my training methods according to those specific needs, right? With skateboarding, um, a lot of people will see the successful video product of a skateboarder. and They'll see that one awesome trick that they land. But yeah, yeah. Behind the scenes, there's about two, three hours of falling on your ass oh, and just yeah. crashing a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, so one major thing that I did decide to change was learning how to fall and protect myself mm. in case of a fall because yeah. it's very likely it's going to happen. Yeah, especially in skateboarding. Right, right. Uh, what, what, Lutz, have you ever skateboarded? It's, um, I tried. I was never really into it. But I always like hung out with skateboarders. Yeah, it's just weird though, because you see Kevin's young skateboarding was like this hobby for him, and it's like it started like this whole new, um, new like, I guess hobby of like, ideas that, yeah, yeah. that you're working on. Yeah. Um, my thing with skateboarding, and I actually had a conversation um, with Jake, yeah. another another uh, roommate of friends. Um, Shout out Jake Fishness. Yeah, he Check out his the, music. Uh, he produced the audio <laughs> for these uh, intro and outro on this podcast. Uh, yeah, big shouts to the homie. But yeah, keep going. And they always like dressed really cool, a lot of them. Yeah. You know, would like hang out and they would come to, to me. And um, I was performing with my with my boy Alex. Yeah. And uh, they would like come to our shows and stuff. And skateboarding and rap music went together hand in hand. Skateboarding and fashion went hand in hand. And <laughs> I always saw them, like, wearing what would become trendy after. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just weird how, they like, we're ahead of the curve. they always been. And it's crazy how Kevin and I both experienced skateboarding growing up. But, yeah. like, yours was, like, doing it. And I was, like, hanging out with people doing it. And looking at it from a completely different lens. I mean, lens. yeah, mine, mine really was cool. very different than that. Like, mm -hmm. I, I bought a, a video game uh, Kevin plays now is, is Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I had yeah. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4. I was just a, a video game kid at the time, but I bought a skateboard because that game made me think it was cool. I, and I didn't I didn't experience it in a way you guys did in that. I didn't really hang out with skateboarders, but I knew what the scene was, right? Like, mm -hmm. whether it was the park, on the half pipe, or maybe, like, something that you did casually. Like, there's so... It's such a versatile... Uh, yeah, culture. You, I think you put it pretty, pretty well behind skateboarding. To to kind of build on what Luciano was saying, right? You were you were mentioning that skateboarders are kind of like 
trendy and ahead of the curve most of the time, yeah. right? But something that might be turning my hobby of skateboarding into a career mm -hmm. right now yeah. is I've I've noticed that although skateboarding is ahead of the curve most of the time, there's there's one area that they're kind of lacking in, and that's strength training and biomechanics research that a lot of other professional sports and athletes have. Like you have NBA players that have vertical jump performance specialists that teach the proper mechanics oh, yeah. for jumping. Yeah. Right. But skate and skateboarding is primarily a jumping sport, but you don't have anybody who's focusing on fitness there. Yeah. There. And and I, a lot of my research that I've been doing right now has has been going into that, trying to apply a lot of the, the science and research that's gone into other professional sports, especially jumping sports, applying it to skateboarding and seeing where that goes, right? If I can break down the fundamental ollie, right, the, the basis for all other tricks, you can change like a whole generation. Yeah. Right. They yeah. they grow up with more confidence on a skateboard because now you have this research, the resources to teach you how to move your body and be successful even before you step on the skateboard. I I thought this was so crazy when I first heard all this stuff. <laughs> like, and, and it just blew my mind because I look at football. We were just talking about how like they change tackling rules so guys don't get injured. There's all this technology, yeah. you know, with like the helmets, right? And you still see like motherfuckers getting wrecked out here. Yeah, um, it's it's like we said, it's unpredictable. And then we look at LeBron James, who's been cited as saying, "Look, I spend a million dollars to on my body yeah. so I can, you know, play 17 seasons to whip everybody's ass." And, and then I look at, you know, like, like Magic Houston and, and Ryan Sheckler and even Tony Hawk. And, like, I never seen those guys, like, Lift the weight. lifting weights, right? And, like, some of them don't necessarily look in shape. I'd say, like, Magic Houston looks like he's Yeah, really and you shape. now nowadays like with the new line. generation of uh -huh. skateboarders, you have skaters that do lift weights. Yeah. But say. they don't have the exercise, the specific exercises that other pro athletes have that mimic like the body motions in game or yeah. in their in competition. Yeah. Right. That's I think arguably what's when it comes to the world of strength and conditioning has has moved sports forward, you know, there's like the age old debate about what era of sports is better than the other and everybody who is our age, you know, in their 20s is going to say now cuz we've seen like some insane athletes, LeBron being one of them yeah. and, and guys who who you know, for, for maybe are more or less genetically gifted too, but are just freaks because of what the what they can put in in the gym and on the field when they're just training. Like that that is something that I think trainers have really capitalized on and, and you know, if you were to talk to some of the best strength and conditioning coaches now, they would probably say probably say, Oh, we know more than most people did back then. But can you imagine Tony Hawk or Nyjah Houston, or any any professional skateboarder, skateboarder having a trainer, yeah, like LeBron James's trainer, not specifically a basketball trainer, but, just, but a skateboard trainer that works like that. Yeah. How much better Tony Hawk could have done? That motherfucker could have probably done a twelve hundred spin instead of a nine hundred. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, with all due respect, I think you should ask him 
I, I, I'll be curious to know if he's lifted weights. He probably, like you said, hasn't trained like a, a single leg plyo jump, like geared toward that. But you know, he he may have lifted some weights. But yeah, yeah. yeah and I'm sure a lot of them have lifted weights, right? yeah, because that, yeah. those resources were out there. But I'm just talking more specifically, like like skate specific exercises, because like yeah, most advanced skateboarders, right? They've probably practiced. A squat before, yeah. A deadlift, yeah. Um, a box jump, but the research that I'm doing, I'm seeing, uh, just because a pro skater can box jump 48 inches up onto a box, doesn't mean they can jump 48 inches on a skateboard. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm some stairs. Yeah, and I'm and I'm trying to to bridge that gap, right? Trying to find exercises and assessments to better assess pro skateboarders, like. What exercise correlates to figuring out how high you can jump on a skateboard? Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and it, it's taken a lot of, uh, not a lot of fancy work. It's just grueling, um, tedious labor where I'm sure. watching, <coughs> where I'm watching slow motion videos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's a lot of it, right? Just analyzing how they move and knowing how they move and figuring out what exercises can mimic that. It's a question I want to ask you, Kev. <coughs> yeah, go um, ahead. All right. So when you, so I remember you telling me, "Hey, when I bring my skateboard back to the city, I'm gonna start skateboarding again." Um, that first, I'd say within like that first like week or two, you can remember the biggest fall, mm. and like what made you not? Because if that was me, and like I got into a car crash, and it's been like a year, oh, now, it's like, year half, two, three years. How would you done? Yeah. And like you know, you like you like you fall, you bust your ass pretty bad. And you're like, nah, you know what? Like, did you get any like PTSD or any like flashbacks mm. from that first yeah. fall? Yeah, and yeah. Just, so and no, and I starting bad. off, I fell a lot. Um, not as not as bad as uh, a lot of beginner skateboarders because I've I've kind of have that muscle memory. I've trained in the gym and yeah. I've been riding my boosted board at like 30 miles per hour through New York City. So I kind of I was I was good, but. Uh, the one the one fall I had, I got a little confident two weeks in, and I tried jump ollieing over a uh, pyramid pyramid bank. Uh, it's imagine just a solid pyramid, six feet high, okay. and um, didn't quite make it. And I landed straight on my right wrist, mm. and I didn't quite get it checked out, but I could not move it for like a solid four weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that scared the crap out of me because it made me start thinking again, oh my God, my body is fragile. I'm going to die again. Um, but the one thing that kind of helped me get over that was wearing protective gear and kind of letting go of my ego and not caring how, I guess, foolish I look with mm -hmm. wrist guards yeah. and uh, knee pads and elbow pads. And that's kind of helped me kind of take my skateboarding game to another level because I know if I fall now, I have all this equipment to protect it. Yeah. It won't be as bad. Right. I feel like skateboarders, any skateboarders listening to this should hear this because we've talked about the ego in skateboarding and how you approach, how do you approach that, right? Like, do, have, you, have you thought of ways to make training appealing when it's hard to kind of quell the ego of a skateboarder who's maybe like just a rogue and thinks I, I can do this without like you know I, I'm just too badass to train like how do you 
Yeah, right the buy-in is honestly difficult with anybody, yeah. right? Not just skaters, but especially with skaters, they they want to skateboard twenty four seven. Yeah, and, right? and and I don't blame them because specificity is everything, right? Yep. If you want to get better at skateboarding, you skateboard. Yeah, yeah. But the way I get people to buy in is, I ask them how how much do you love skateboarding? And if they're telling me it's one of their number one things in the world, I ask them, how long do you want to be doing this? Right. Because it is one of the most dangerous sports out there. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Highest, highest sure. incidence rate of injury yeah. by far in any, any sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and I basically tell them, if you love the sport and you want to be skateboarding for a long time, it's worthwhile investing in your body and preparing it for... Some of the physical damage you're about to do to it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's inevitable. I think it's I think it's kind of almost self-defeating that people take up skateboarding, maybe already knowing that they might only do it for five years. Like I, I think you're right. Why why shouldn't we be able to think about skateboarding if we're mm-hmm. consistent skateboarders well into our thirties if we want to like that? I think you know, and I'm sure there's tons of thirty year old, thirty five, maybe even forty year old skaters out there, but you know, relative to the younger people, I'd, I'd be curious to know the, the, the numbers on that because I can't really, I'm not going to speculate on what they are, but I, I feel like, yeah, most skaters are young and they hang them up after a certain age. I, I would Because think. they've fallen so many times, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, when I was a kid, right, I fell as bad as I did, and uh, like I hurt my wrist, but I hurt my ankle. Yeah. And I just decided to give it up because I didn't know any better. I didn't know that there were ways to protect yourself. There are ways to train your body parts to reduce your chance of injuring them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you are a skateboarder and you're listening to this, wear protective gear because it will lengthen how long you can skateboard for in a given session and in your entire life. And Plus, let let's face it. Skateboarders like wearing baggy shit, right? They like they have oversized pants, oversized sweatshirts. <laughs> yeah. You can wear pads underneath your clothes. I think that they think the baggy stuff is the padding, and that's just like that. And, and half half a millimeter of cotton fabric is is not enough padding. Yeah. So one thing I do wear religiously, and well, a couple things I wear when I go skateboarding, um, are. These nice knee and shin pads that basketball players wear. Some volleyball players wear them. They're very thin, but they protect your knees and your shin um, from your skateboard. There are also these hip and butt paddings shorts that I purchased on Amazon, and it's been a lifesaver. I don't don't feel my hips getting destroyed every time. Um, Last thing that I really had to convince myself to to wear were the wrist guards, but... It speaks for itself. The number one uh, injury in skateboarding is wrist-related. Yeah. <laughs> so it honestly just doesn't make sense not to wear a wrist guard. Absolutely, yeah. Except for looking stupid. I was going to say, it's not cool to be walking around with a broken one. So yeah. why, why would you be... Uh... Do you want to wear a cast for six months or do you want to wear a wrist guard and not suffer uh, itchy, smelly... Hand syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not and, even cap though. That shit looks a little. Like, it took me a second to get. Like, is he wearing this? Like, what the? Yeah, what and, is that? And, and, and I and I get it. It looks <laughs> whack. Like no one. 
if you're if you're a professional and you're filming a video part, or even if you're not a professional, you're filming a video part. Go ahead, take take the visible protective gear off, right? Because that's that's what videos are for. Sure. But I, I when you're you practicing could... these new tricks, put them on. I was gonna say, I think you could still sell it as as we should be wearing them more. Like they're they're to to maybe make it more acceptable to wear them. I think just eliminate the idea that they're not cool or don't look cool altogether. Like or what? or maybe instead of trying to convince skateboarders to wear the protective gear, we ha we start asking why aren't they wearing the protective gear? Because a lot of them can you give a good reason for that? I don't feel like Yeah, can. well there there are some some legitimate reasons, right? With knee pads. I guess like rashes. Rashes and it kind of reduces your range of motion and comfort. Oh, yeah. Right? And comfort is everything for your confidence on that skateboard and confidence is everything. True. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I I see that and it might be time to start asking why aren't we developing more comfortable and efficient protective gear for our skateboarders? The, the the padding thing and the comfort and, and uh, the comfort level thing with with relation to that. Have you spoken to skaters who say like I don't like have they given you that yeah, pushback? Yeah, all of them. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know, and that's like if that's the number one excuse, then I get it. To me, it doesn't still seem like it's like you're putting yourself at risk. But again, I, I've never actually been on the half pipe. Like my introduction to skating was strictly street skating, not vert skating. So, so you'll see it's, really it's, a, it's a little vert. different between yeah. street and vert skating. Yeah. With vert skating, with the big, big half pipes. Yeah. They, that community, they will wear protective gear. I feel like they got it. Cause yeah. you're going like 20, 30 miles per hour up like a 15 foot wall. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've seen some but with like street balls. skaters, where they're more creative and they've got to be agile and mobile, they, they are the ones where I see the most pushback when I ask, why don't you wear knee pads mm. or elbow pads? So I, 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 I see a real need, whoever's listening, whoever develops those uh, protective gear, I see a real need for you to switch it up, change something so that it's more appealing to these young athletes. You better... Uh, Trademark that. That's intellectual property. Somebody could uh, <laughs> maybe making millions off you right now. No, uh, but I'll mean, hit up my lawyer right now. Yeah, you heard it here first. No, but um, I, I think it's, it's really cool. I think it all makes sense, and you have to consider that as like a realm of sport that you know a lot of people don't consider sport. I think it's really intense. So you gotta it just because it doesn't have a ball or, or some sort of competitive nature. You know, unless. Well, now it's it's uh, skateboarding is entering a competitive realm, right? Yeah, because oh, they they just added it to the Olympics. There you go. It was supposed to happen in twenty twenty, but you know, COVID nineteen. Yeah, and things. I feel like anything that's been like the shat on as a sport, right? And this just goes beyond skateboarding. Um, if it's in the Olympics, it's it's official. It's legit. Yeah, that's. A, and my my thing is like people forget like there's magazines. We have shows like King of the Road. On Vice, which I fucking love watching it. Yeah. Um. Yo, you can like, there's there's serious money in skateboarding. Yeah. And for a while, it just the Vice, hasn't been tapped yet. No, I would say that it it, it it's been tapped. In a, actually, but it's just not in a not so complete way. It's a not um. 
It's in its infancy. Skateball is skateboarding is is international, but we fail to recognize it. Yeah, and I feel like that's why it's always kind of get put in, put off to the side. But I, there's multiple skate brands, there's skate outlets, skate magazines, skate influencers. I feel as skate though leagues, there's skate a big shows. there's a big skate community in no uh, strength and uh, conditioning coaches for skaters though. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the main issue we're focused on. But I feel like there's a big skate community and like. Europe a little bit, right? Like there was, I think a couple. It's of, growing right now. You got you got Yuto uh, from Japan. You've got oh, Japan lot, even. Yeah, you got Eastern a lot of people from Korea coming out. Germany, yeah, yeah. Uh, Australia. There was a couple. There was a, a skater from Denmark who was on the pro, Tony Hawk uh, pro skater lineup, and I was like, they showed like their little highlight reels, and I was like, it did look like there was a skate community out and where he grew up in like, you know, uh, Sweden stuff like that or Denmark rather I think right now we're seeing a resurgence of skateboarding uh, I don't know if resurgence is the right word but it's just it's a legitimate there's there I feel there's just gonna be a paradigm shift in the next generation of uh, how this how the next generation of skateboarders are coming up yeah and I think it's still in its infancy and war we've yet to see the amazing things that can happen on that two by four I'm excited for the Olympics, man. Like that's that's just the ultimate, first of all, validation. That's basically saying like, hey, if these uh, Greek or whatever people who invented this shit learned how to, you know, roll around on a board, that they would include it in that game. Like that's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, um, my goal: 2028 LA Olympics. I want to be coaching somebody there. There for, you go for skateboarding. I I like it. Hopefully by then they have. Um, multiple types of contests for the skateboarders not yeah. just like a street style or park style uh, competition but also like a like, slalom maybe yeah or well they, th i think that would be the number one option for the olympics for now like but, a, what, like downhill race you think uh no no no, no. i'm I, thinking of like just like a, a like a, a speed through race you know yeah you know that skiing, like, yeah yeah, yeah. Like you know slalom. they might include that Course, or like a, or like a world ollie height, like how high yeah. can you ollie? How why not? Why not just score it like like the X Games? Get an independent group of judges who who uh, can appreciate skateboarding. I think that's how it'll it'll be done. Like a, a panel of judges, each skateboarder. Um, it's it's gonna follow like typical skateboarding competition rules. Right? Okay, they'll have they'll yeah. probably have like a two minute run to do as many tricks throughout the park as they can. Yeah, and. Um, there have been other other competitions where it's like you can do your best trick, you just get one shot or three shots. Uh, you get judged on one trick instead of a full two minute run. I wonder who the representative from the U.S. is. It's uh, uh, Naja Houston. He's, he's uh, for the he's the representative for the Olympics. Yeah, for the U.S. Um, and awesome. there are there are a couple of them, but he's he's, so he's ranked number one in, in street skating right now for the Olympics. Oh, nice. um, and Yuto. Yuto from Japan, he's he's uh, close up on his tail. So, right. so it's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting competition seeing all the international countries giving us their best skaters for the first time ever. Yeah. We're going to see we're going to see some good people from Germany, all parts of Europe, Asia. Uh, I don't know if there's a big uh, skateboard following in uh, Africa or Antarctica, but. You might be surprised, yeah. Who knows? Shit, I we mean, might find out. I wonder who the liaison is for like the Olympic committee that we can 
pitch this to? Like, like where do we get this podcast so that we can propose this to the the board, right? Because they're still fleshing things out. I mean, we could give them some suggestions. I don't, I don't know if um, they're still fleshing things out because it was supposed to happen this year. So, like, so I think there is a set guideline for how the competition was going to be run. The inclusion was supposed to happen this year. Yeah. Yeah. But, but not the competition or the competition. The competition was supposed to happen because oh, okay. it was uh, Japan 2020 Summer Olympics. Got it. And it, it was, that was supposed to be the first year okay. skateboarding competition was introduced. Yeah. Well, I mean. <sighs> We're going to have to wait a year. Well, yeah. And that's not, the world that's too far away. Yeah. I mean, we, we got what? Three? Less the world. 260 something days if, we, if we're talking next summer so. shit who knows you guys we, we might be there uh, next year I mean yeah let's keep why wait till 2028 I right you, you might have a shot if uh, you can sneak your way onto someone's coaching staff what yeah. what else do you got uh, coming up for the new year in, in terms of like aside from skateboarding uh, yeah I've, I've been busy man um, right now I'm working on uh, one other main project uh, with my two close friends, uh, Eli Joseph and Brittany Villalona. Yeah, I thought we were your close friends. Uh, oh, you guys, shit. you guys are uh, one of my probably my closest friends. Yeah. But you know, I've got a lot of close friends that I hold dear to my heart. Well, right. not a lot, a few, a few. That's good. Um, I'm getting some water. But uh, so far, we're working on something um, for Eli. It's his passion project. And we are doc basically video documenting his ACL meniscus, uh, meniscus MCL uh, surgery repair. No, let me say that again. Yes, sure. Whatever, whatever you guys are. Oh, they going to use the word recovery? His, his rehab, essentially, right? Cause yeah. He's, he's, um, he's done rehab, but he doesn't feel like he's done it right. That, yeah, yeah, so he's had two surgeries, one to re uh, repair everything, a second debridement. Um, he went through uh, about six months of physical therapy, and it helped him a lot, but just not as much as he needed. He doesn't feel 100%. He says he feels weird when he's playing basketball, and it's been it's been weighing heavy on him. So, How long did he say his first uh, go at rehab lasted? It took about six weeks. Okay. And well, they, that doesn't seem long enough, right? Well, no, no. And that, that was the funny thing. I, I raised an eyebrow to that and was asking him, why did the surgeon recommend the second surgery? Yeah. And it was to remove scar tissue. And um, the reasoning was you remove some scar tissue that built up from the first surgery and you'll restore some more range of motion of the knee. Yeah. Right. But what I'm tr having a hard time wrapping my head around is cutting into somebody causes scar tissue. So if you're going to go in, cut into somebody to remove scar tissue, just aren't you going to cause more scar tissue? Or, yeah. or maybe there was just, maybe there was like an excess amount that the doctor noticed and then decided to go back in. Yeah, that's, that's being... Gen very generous to the doctor, though I feel we've like. got to take the doctor's <laughs> word for it. They'll right? they'll, they'll take up uh, uh, any chance they can to cut you open sometimes. But yeah, you're right because that's like, their profession, yeah. right? They have a vested interest in getting people to do surgery because right. they're surgeons. Right, right. Doesn't make them bad people. No, no. Some of them are. <laughs> um, but basically, we're I've created a uh, all around exercise fitness rehab program for him yep. um, based off of the things that I've learned in my biomedical engineering undergraduate school and all of the extracurricular activities that I've embarked on and um, 
teaching him some new exciting things and we're seeing some good progress yeah. we're going to be airing our first episode um in march so look out for that nice we're still coming up with the, a title for the thing uh we're three months out so i'm sure we'll have yeah you got uh, more info as the weeks go by we started filming last week yeah you also have uh, a powerlifting competition at the semi-national level. Is that right? Tell yes. Me, tell me about that. I've been training this uh, high school powerlifter for – how long has it been? Well, I started training training him about uh, before COVID a year and a half ago. You're good. A year and a half ago, and we recently picked back up three months ago, um, and – I won't say his name to right, give yeah. him some privacy, but we went to our first powerlifting competition in the first week of October. Oh, wow. That's been a while. Yeah, two months. And our goal was to reach a 960-pound weight total between the three lifts. So that's the bench press, squat, and the deadlift. And he just absolutely destroyed that goal. He, he hit 1,000 pounds qualified for the high school powerlifting nationals in Colorado. Wow. Uh, so we'll be going there in March. And I'm super excited for that. We've been training. He's how old? He's 16 turning 17 years old. Jesus right? Christ. Um, I, he's an absolute beast. I used to have a, a, a thousand pound club in my football team, but it was four lefts. And I didn't even make that when I was in high school. So that's pretty goddamn impressive and to give you some perspective he's um 5'9 160 pounds oh yeah he's, he's what yeah and he's deadlifting Crazy. in the 400s yeah, yeah, he's, he's squatting 300 he's benching 200 that's a narrow human but he's strong as hell yeah i've been um i'm i'm happy that i got to meet him because beforehand he didn't really have a consistent workout program he he was coming in uh, three times a week and once a week he would max out on all of his lifts yeah. trying to see how strong he would get and uh, number one thing we changed was we're not going to max out every week there's, oh, yeah, definitely not. there's no amount of work you can do in five six weeks five six days time to increase your max by that much and you're going to stress your body out longer yeah. over time and i think they built that bad habit because when they first started off they were seeing 20 30 40 pound increases week by week that yeah, works when you're 15 16 i guess yeah and i told them it's just not sustainable Right, I, I basically told them my situation growing up from in high school and college. I just did not know that, and I ended up hurting myself more times than I can count. And um, yeah, I'm glad they listened. I'm glad they listened because they're staying healthy. They're they're progressing every week, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how much this guy can lift. We're thinking uh, 1,300 pounds in a couple of years. That's crazy. When it comes to that much weight, I mean, dude, a thousand pounds is fucking insane. So, yeah. so when it comes to lifting that much weight, is it about how much you can lift, or is it really just like technique based? Like, you better motherfucking make sure that you use the full range of motion for this part of your body and this part mm -hmm. of your body. Oh, uh, good question. I mean, what, what do so, you think? So, I know like the answer is automatically like both, but like how much? Um, it's, I like to focus on the technique, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Um, because with good technique, you, you've reduced your rate of injury by a lot. Right. Um, but 
when you start getting to to deadlifting 400 500 pounds your technique starts breaking down mm -hmm. right so there there is some like you need talent and you need to be able to kind of put yourself through some grueling shit to be able to achieve those feats and and i asked i asked my powerlifter first thing like how much does this mean to you right i don't because it, it is very dangerous. If you're not a hundred percent committed, it's not it's not going to be good. Right. Um, now, did you have <laughs> that was a nice spin? By the way, we're watching the uh, Packers and Eagles play in the background. Do you have uh, concerns about? Because we talked about how you know at, at his age he can kind of get away with a lot, even though you know there's a few things he can't like bad technique. But are you worried about his diet at all? Do you think about? adjusting that or do you think he can just kind of coast through with we've we've talked about his nutrition because we're, we're trying to keep him in the 163 pound uh, weight category right um he doesn't he doesn't eat a lot of junk food he he eats consistently enough probably like once every two hours oh, and, wow. and he we went through like a whole month where he sent me every meal he ate nice. at exactly what time he ate it and yeah. um yeah, from there, do, putting in all that work within one month, it, it made it a lot easier to plan for it. Just knowing what he likes to eat, what he's used to making, what he's used, what what he has available to him. So I'm not too worried about that, right? He's got and he's got a good mom that takes care of him nutrition wise. Right. For those the one listening thing, who don't know about powerlifting, and I'll let you go. Um, when you when you keep uh, someone at a certain weight, a lifter at a certain weight, the the bar no pun intended or i guess pun intended is is lower for the weight that they have to hit so uh if, if i'm understanding this correctly Corey keeping that kind of 160 165 range puts him in a better position to beat up people in his weight class right if he gets stronger in theory yeah, yeah so the the reasoning for him staying in that weight class because is because the next weight class up um, there was a hundred kilogram jump in the qualifying total. Oh, geez. Yeah. So it, it that that's the only reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're thinking as he gets older, will his his uh, experience will catch up with him, and yeah. we might be able to move him up in weight class as his strength catches up. Mm -hmm. um, it's just for the time being till we get to high school powerlifting nationals. Now, how uh, concerned? do you think his parents are because I, I personally am of the mindset that having not lifted weights when I was a kid, I would not be as healthy as I am, but you know, you get occasionally that one parent or maybe a lot of parents who think like, Oh, my son's lifting a lot of weight or even my daughter's lifting a lot of weight. They're going to have a, I think the taboo thing to think is like the bad back when they're older, like have they expressed any concern or do they seem on board? What What's that? Well, um, yeah, the, the mom did express concern at first, but, as I talk to her more about what we're doing together, yeah. um, she's really been very supportive of what her son wants to do. Yeah. Um, and it, it was awesome because she got to go to the powerlifting competition with us yeah. and see what he does. And, herself, yeah. and we were able to kind of have a face to, uh, a, a nice face-to-face -face and talk about the science behind it, yep. the, um, his, the long-term effects of this. And the one thing I, I am, it, it's still theory for now, yeah. um, but the one thing I am pushing for younger kids to work out with good technique is if you apply the right kind of physical stress on the human skeleton and mus muscular system, you can help it grow, not just 
in muscle size, but just how tall and big you are. For sure. Right? Because yeah. I learned in biomedical uh, engineering school that muscles and bones respond to physical stress and grow accordingly. Yeah. To protect you. I mean, Luke, you can speak on that. You grew up uh, swimming, right? You probably would be like five seven if you didn't, right? Maybe not that. <laughs> but but it's swimming stretches your muscles out yeah. too if you do it growing up. Isn't that true? Yeah. Your arms wouldn't be as long. I would say I'd say I definitely have like a swimmer's body. Which yeah. is weird because like I grew up swimming a lot, and then I tried to play basketball. Yeah. But even like the way like my hands naturally are, like it's just easy to cuff them and be able to like grab water. Or, like, even when I didn't swim... You have the webs between your fingers? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Classic yeah, like part duck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I Merman. mean, Puerto Rican, I'm Puerto Rican, and we have cookies. They're like little frogs, so okay. I consider myself like a frog. <laughs> there you go. Uh, is the breaststroke your favorite, though? <laughs> Actually, my form is pretty good. Uh, don't play with him, man. He was Juco uh, competitor, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. I did a little swimming in high school, too. I love the backstroke, though. Backstroke was gr- it's great for you. It sucks to swim competitively. At least oh, my personal yeah. experience. And she was fucking hard. And yeah. and it sucks because you're due for uh, you're due to hit your head on that that wall oh, yeah. at, oh, least at least once. once. Yeah. yeah. Or like um, or I'd like bang my hand against the the shoulder. Yeah, of like the of like the pool and like. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's the jammed finger and a half right there. I think I think that's where my masochist uh, masochistic characteristics started springing. I had heard, but I just loved it. I don't know why. You were doing uh, cannonballs in like six foot water. And yeah, stuff. and then trans transformed into a passion for getting hurt skateboarding. There you go. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, I was gonna say. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna mention that like I took such a long, almost like you at skateboarding, right? You just look at how many years of like, of uh, how many years off. I kind of did the same thing with swimming because. I'd have, you know, try to devote like four or five years, you know, to playing basketball. Yeah. Um, and then I slam in college, which like that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like honestly, I shouldn't have even been good. But I feel like since I had some experience in it, like in my blood from like my dad being a swimmer in high school. And you yeah. loved it. Yeah. No, that too. You'll always get better at things that you love, exactly. like legitimately love, because yeah. you will always work on it. You're, and you're gonna. You're going to work on it, and it's not going to feel like work, and you can even, like, you know, what they say, like, the term is, like, do it in your sleep, but, like, Mm. when you, like, for me, well, I feel like there was a point eventually with basketball where it became that way, where I, like, I would just, you know, having not practiced in a while, I could just show up at a park and, like, you know, drop 10 in, like, a pickup game. Like, that's the type of thing that you need to really have with something Mm. you love. It's just, like, the ability to just it sometimes yeah. without even thinking i think and, i found that with uh, the skateboarding research at oh least. yeah dude um, you're like up at what 8 a.m at the park just yeah well sometimes earlier in the cold yeah 32 yeah. degree new york like, city weather hey dude let me be the park like from six to eight but i'm gonna watch six sunrise eight, yeah. should be real fun let me know if you want to come by i'm like a <laughs> morning shift I'm, I'm like dude it's gonna be fucking 35 degrees tomorrow <sighs> like and you're going to be near the water? Like, nah, bro, you're going to get that freezing. Come yeah. on, though. We're used to this. Like, we ha- we, we've we been out at Riverbank early in the mornings. We're yeah. late at night. Yeah. Just freezing our ass off because we wanted a good park to ball. A well-lit park to ball. That's at. true. That's very true. And I remember so many track practices back in college. Uh, shout out City College 
of yeah. New York. Yeah. Um, we were out there at Riverbank State Park on the track oh, from from six to ten p.m. Yeah. on every weeknight. Yeah, track. I'd say track people give less of a fuck than football players. Track people, I'm not, I'm convinced a lot of them don't uh, feel on their skin. I think they give less of a fuck than anyone on this planet. Yeah. Even skaters, because you'll see these distance runners out in five inch shorts running in 25 degree weather. For, oh yeah, for 12 miles, yeah. they're insane. Shout and out to my friend Thomas. They have he like does no that body shit. Body fat as it is, so what? What the hell's keeping them warm? It's yeah, the movement. They don't feel it, and, and they Josh, got that runner's high going for them. I was about to say, like, what is it? Is it like the steeplechase that's in the woods? Oh no, water. cross country. That's cross country. Steeplechase yeah, is around water. the track, but it's got a water pit and this big obstacle that you have to jump a hurdle over. over. You ever seen a steeplechase in rain? Alex, yeah. That sucks. Yeah. No, my boy Josh, another JUCO fucking star athlete. This dude would just—he loved that shit. Whatever the cross country version and the and the, the woods. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, oh yeah, I love the dirt and the mud. I'm like, how, dude? Your shorts are split at the end. You're fucking pale. You weigh like 120 pounds, and you're running in the fucking mud and the dirt. They're psychotic. I'm telling you, it's they, a different they run, type of crazy. Dude, they yeah, run miles and crazy. miles through the woods in short shorts. No fucks given. Yeah, they're definitely a level below asylum level crazy for sure. Like <laughs> the, the, the most socially acceptable version of crazy is usually long long distance runners. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What do you Thanks. got, Luch, going on uh, in the coming months? Anything exciting? I just saw you had quite a few streams on spotify to wrap up december dude it's crazy you know what it is too like i I reached out to a few people that like do playlisting and so i'd be on a playlist for two weeks and like i noticed like my streams would bump and then they would kind of go back to like normal and whatnot but it'd be a little bit above that because people you know like save the song and save it to a playlist yada 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 work out to it you know who knows how many people are just like listening to yourself at the gym like yeah. that's like or just casually like on their commute and that's the thing like some of this stuff could just be passive you know like you guys have ever logged on to like whatever your spotify app music and like you just click on a playlist that plays everything in there yeah. you might not save a song but you definitely probably either like the song or was interested in one or whatever right maybe you click save on it the next time and so just picture that happening if you were the artist that that was happening too, you know? Thousands of times. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's cool. Like, you know, especially like you said, with the playlist thing, uh, you know, infinite amount of possibilities with people just adding it to a uh, uh, chill in their living room playlist and it coming on shuffle. That's a good right. right there. And how many times is that happening? Like, it's a lot to, it's to take in. So, like, yeah. you have 55,000 people listening to you. Yeah, well, technically, it was and you're like, not and you're not paying them. Like I have to pay my therapist to listen to. Oh me my gosh, and, yeah, and that that's a struggle. Yeah, getting paid to listen to the deal. The only thing, so and all that stuff is great. I still think Spotify is partially evil. I wouldn't say they're partially evil. I think they don't, don't say have, too much about them. I gotta put that. They gotta host my podcast at some point. That's true, and they're hosting my music, but. Um, do, so is there, is there a platform that you prefer? Sus. Is there a platform that you do prefer over the others? Um, I mean, title pays more, and it's it's made from musicians. I don't I don't use title, but like it's yeah, I use Apple Music because it's just so convenient. Like, you know, I have a Mac. Why, why not? Phone. Why not on title? Um, that's true. Honestly, I have really no excuse, no reason, and I think they use a better file for their streaming. It's like a bigger 
a bigger file. I don't know if it is waves. It might yeah, be because waves. imagine you put it on title. That's that's just another um, fan base that you can tap into. Yeah, well, I didn't say my music isn't on title. It is. So when you have um, a distributor, it goes to all the stores that you choose, mm-hmm. right? So it goes to title, Apple Music, Spotify, fucking Deezer, um, whatever ones you can really think of, Pandora. Pandora. Yeah. Um, what's what's the other one that's uh, really really old? Radio Shark or something. Some Napster. Napster. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was trying to think of one of those old archaic names, but no. I mean, you have like a pretty decent sized catalog now. Yeah. What What is the plan for? Uh, you know those those songs that you have now. Are you still working? Are, are Are some of them part of a compilation of a project that's incoming, or are you working on music videos? How 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 goes it with what's already out there? So, with what's already out there, I had this EP, and we, I, we touched on it last time a little bit. Uh, yeah. I put out Labrate 2, and like that's, you know, George Floyd protests, Breonna yeah. Taylor, right? We're at the height of the first wave of COVID, like fucking yeah. 2,000 people were dying a day. Like, I did not give a fuck about my music. It was I just, hard to. It was, yeah. it was really hard to, like, right? There was so much other shit going on, so much other stuff that I could be involved in. Like, I don't have to make music right now. Yeah. I'm pretty okay with that. Um, so now that I revisited it, and I'm working on a video right now for Surface Double. Nice. Um, getting it back in the coming weeks, which is actually, I think, really nice I'm getting it this time of year because I shot it with, like, you know, a few of my friends yeah. and, and, and stuff. Obviously, you guys seem like closest friends. Yeah, yeah. Right? If we're going to say it again, we're going to say it here. There's, yeah. Um, absolutely. Nice. So like, you know, I shot it with, with a couple other homies and stuff. And even though we did it in August, I think it'll be like a nice little flashback when I do release it, especially during, you know, like the winters. Like, yeah. hey, listen, we're going to be back to like all hanging out and meeting up soon. Like, here's kind of a reminder that with this video. I like that. Yeah. Um, I want to shoot one for one night only. I, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know. I'm still trying to plan that out, but yeah. surface level video is done and it's going to be coming out soon and I'm really excited for that. I'll tell you what, man, capitalize on the videos because for at least the next two months, you know, when, in the colder states, people are just going to be sitting inside on their phones and we're going to need something to watch. So um, I, I think you got a good opportunity there for sure. Yeah, and the video is fun too. You know, there's some humor in it. plays off the song really well. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh, it's also one of those things where it's like, you know, we shot it and I felt good about it, right? Yeah, I'm like, look, like, this was a solid shoot. It's a one-taker good one day i'm like it's gonna come out it's gonna come out really good and it even met and exceeded my original expectations of it so yeah. i feel like i'm like that's a fucking great sign for this oh yeah oh um, yeah so that that's what's up with with what's out right now what about projects coming up or or songs coming up is it is it too much to ask whether there'll be a sneak peek into like a release in the next coming weeks or, or people want to know because yeah, we probably, uh, we know that uh, you got a little home studio here and it, it, yeah. it could record if you needed to but uh, what what's what's the sitch yeah I'm just uh, I'm gonna go with the video for sure that's definitely Videos, getting yeah. released yeah. Um, any new songs or anything coming up probably not I think yeah. I'm just gonna take some time to just like chill out okay uh, and I do have a bunch of music that I've been working on I've been getting recorded oh nice. Right, like that that's not an issue. So like, you know, I'll record it here, uh, I'll send it to Jake, I'll send it to Jordan, we send emails back and forth. 
Maximus but no release is coming up. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna do a release coming up. I just, I want to chill. I've had this idea for an album. Yeah. And a bunch of content kind of surrounding it. So instead of me taking it like piece by piece, I just want to get all the pieces together. Yourself. I'd rather make the whole thing first. Yeah. And then release it. So kind of like a puzzle, but in like reverse. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know. So yeah. Definitely like a uh, like a very symbolic version of your disco- discography like there's all going to be a pattern to it it's yeah pretty cool yeah um what do you guys expect from it sounds like you guys both got pretty cool stuff going on in the near future but what do you guys expect from 2021 as we kind of wrap up here because i'm looking forward to it honestly you know where it's I, like the past few podcasts i've been trying to talk less and less about covid but it, even though it's not going to be all the way over on January first, like you know, we were there. Like Kev said, there are definitely some some brighter days ahead. So, like, uh, what are you guys? To start with, with Kev, what are you guys looking most forward to in twenty twenty one from like a grander <clears throat> perspective? I'm looking forward to jump starting this new career that I'm kind of creating yeah. as I go. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to. Uh, seeing what kind of results that I can get from my skateboarding biomechanics experiments. Yeah. Um, first one coming to a close uh, soon. Nice. Um, but I'm looking forward to just reaching out to as many skaters as possible, beginner, intermediate, professional, and um, seeing how I can help push skateboarding in a in a positive direction. Yeah. I mean, hey, all get, 2021. You'll get the chance to travel more, meet more skaters. Hopefully, that's for sure. That's uh, the dream. Yeah. What about you, Luch? Um, 2021. You know, I think what's nice about the year coming to an end is that at least 2021. I feel like a lot of people have been working these last six months to like adjust their mindset, yeah. adjust their life. Yeah, for sure. Do a lot of reflection. So I think 21 is 2021 is just gonna represent of uh hey i took the time to adjust to this weird thing that's mm-hmm. kind of never ever yeah. fucking happened before yeah. right now reward me for my hard work and so i feel like a lot of people you know are going to give themselves and, and myself included are just going to give myself a pat on the back for yeah. fucking Make getting through. through this time right it's like this thing happened i was used to living my life a certain way and i really had to adjust my life and adjust my mental okay. in order to um get through this period of time so first off i'm going to congratulate myself for being into these past random months. And if you're listening to this, you should be doing the same with you. Congratulate yourself. And, and I think the second thing that 2021 is going to do for everybody, it's going to give us fucking hope, man. Yeah. Like, we made it through the six months. We all, we've all, you know, have either started to adjust or have adjusted our lives when we're doing this. And that's like, I got to continue doing the whole world change. I can't right. control that. Yeah. I can't control what the fuck I'm going to do about it. Absolutely. I think, I think, so, yeah, right. I'll keep going. Yeah. So, uh, along with everything I mentioned, as far as like getting music and the materials together, um, the ideas that I had for myself, um, even though I have to do them a different way, I'm still going to fucking do them. Right. So that's the plan for 2021, my personal plan. Yeah. But I think, I think initially it's just going to just provide hope for everybody. Yeah. And I, yeah. I hope it does for you. And I think everybody just deserves mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, just, just, a, just a, another like, reset but this is not a reset to change everything this is a reset to continue yeah i mean i think it's arguably easier now to 
it, it sounds weird. It almost sounds like a paradox because like it's not gonna be the same as it was before, but mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. and like it's easy to return to what it was because like there's there there were at the beginning so many inconveniences to pivoting to this way of life, virtual whatever that has evolved from it that when we go back to it it's gonna be like oh this is great and we have the possibility of doing a zoom call if we don't want to yeah. be in person but like you know obviously i'm looking forward to being able to meet people in person again and, and not have to worry about things like that like that but, awesome. but even if that doesn't work out right don't don't be scared to say 2021 is going to be your year uh, yeah right i feel like a lot of people are a little hesitant to look forward to 2021 because of what happened in 2020 in January. They were saying 2020 is going to be my year. I'm going to change my life around. And it just went to shit. But honestly, regardless of whether or not we COVID goes away or stays, I think all of us are going to be successful because we're adapting to the new, new circumstances. The pat on the back mindset. Yeah. is really just the most important part. If you're not, uh, looking at the grander scheme and saying like wow you know as bad as it was those of us who are here you know we did it is is you know like you said we're gonna probably be a little bit too depressed about it like we definitely need to celebrate wins when we can get them even when it feels like things are against us at at some point but uh, i like it you know i think i I think that that is a great way to kind of cap things off um Thank you guys, obviously, for hopping on the episode. And thanks, everybody, who's listening and has listened, all 13, 14, 15 of you. Like, keep <laughs> listening because uh, we're only in the early stages. But thank you that you guys are who, who I do it for. And uh, we'll keep keep it going. And I, I thought this was a nice combo. Kev, where can the listeners uh, find you? I'm on Instagram right now, um, at howhighsun. That's spelled... Uh, S-E-O-N at the end. Um, you'll see a lot of uh, the crazy stuff that I do on my free time and some of the uh, biomechanics uh, skateboard results on there. So check it out. Uh, leave a like. Leave a follow if you like what I'm doing. Yeah. Hope to see you. Nice. You better work on getting a website because uh, I think people are going to be wanting to hear some more official things about a I'm working product. on it. Yeah, there we go. Uh, ask my boy, Adriel. Shout out my boy, Adriel Rodriguez. He can uh, design you a website. Lutz, they already know where to find you. But yeah, yeah. just, in, just in case, yeah, uh, you can oh. find him at Lucky on Spotify or any really streaming service, I guess, because it sounds like he distributes it everywhere. So. Yep. Lucky, all caps, exclamation point. Uh, listen to Lucky on Instagram. Listen to Lucky.com. Hell yeah. That's all. Well, thank you guys for coming. This has been episode 12 of the Potentiation Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Peace out.